0: you trust the providence of God? Yes, we do. Nathan last week spoke about uh, David's fear and trials, and for some reason the Lord led me to the same topic. And I'm going to read Psalm 44 in a minute, but I want to just kind of give a brief overview of what it's about, so as we read it, you'll kind of follow along and kind of see see where it's headed. Uh, The psalmist starts by looking into the past, and seeing some deliverances that God gave to Israel in the past that he learned from his fathers. And then he skips the present, jumps into the future, and begins speaking in future tenses, claiming that God was going to preserve them, deliver them in the future. And then he brings his complaint before the Lord. And so as I said, primarily the, the chapter is about the great persecution that the children of God uh, often go through and then the psalmist's plea for God's deliverance based on God's mercy. Yes. But I think a thing to keep in mind is, with any trial, we shouldn't focus on the trial. That's not the main point. The main point is, how are we going to deal with it yes. and what are we going to benefit and what are we going to learn from it? Because, you know, in reality, most of God's saints... We're not going to go through what we read in the Bible. I mean, there's some pretty horrendous persecutions that the, that the saints go through. Right. Uh, and if you don't believe it, uh, just just wait till we read in Psalm 44. Uh, but nonetheless, whether we have great trials or, or mild trials, like most of us have, uh, trials are an absolute guarantee of a Christian's life. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3:12. Yes. All, not some, but all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, not might, suffer persecution. That's right, and in Acts, when Luke is talking about the apostles traveling around confirming the churches, he says that the apostles were exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, yes. enter into the kingdom of God. That's right. Amen. So number one, we shouldn't be surprised. It's a promise; it's guaranteed. Right. We just have to be prepared for it, and we got to respond properly. Right. So, what we're going to do is try to give a little bit of a, a more detailed outline of you know how does Psalms 44 help us to do that? The psalmist opens up with verse number one, and he says, "We have heard with our ears; our fathers have told us what work Thou didst in their days." And as I explained a little bit earlier he looks back into the past yes. and he remembers yes. what he was told by his fathers and if you think about it in the old testament they didn't have a bible and a nightstand to read most of what they heard was through their ears you know and their fathers were telling them this is what happened in the past right. this is how god delivered us because it's something that their fathers had seen with their own eyes yes. i mean it was experiences that they they literally had uh and basically, he goes on to explain how the Lord had given them the possession of the heathen. He basically uprooted the heathen, threw them out, and gave it to the land of Israel. And the psalmist recalls, my fathers, our fathers told us that they didn't do it by their own strength. Right. They didn't do it by their own weapons of war or genius, but they did it by the power of God. Yes. And sometimes just by the the light of his countenance. I mean, there are times when the Lord just spoke a word and the walls of Jericho fell down. I mean, yes, it, it's right. amazing. And he remembers that from what his fathers had told him. And I can picture little children asking, well, why would, why would God be mean to the Canaanites and, and treat you well? And we'll read because God had a favor for them. Yes. God, is, God is discriminating. He favors us, and it's not because of anything good that we have done. And then in verse 4, the psalmist makes a declaration. And, you know, watch for it as we read through it. He makes the declaration, Thou art my king, O God. The psalmist claims the God of his father yes. as his own personal God. Yes. Right. And then, like I said, he skipped over the present... You know, he, he still hasn't been delivered, but he skips over the present, and he starts talking in future tenses, and he claims with confidence that the Lord in the future is going to do the same things for them. Uh, they, were, they were just taught, they were just like their fathers. In other words, when David starts looking into the future, he goes back to what his, his fathers had told him. And, and David repeats it, it's not by my sword, it's not by my bow, but it's by the power and strength of God. And he put his confidence in that. Yes. And then, before there's a selah and a pause, and then this big, long, drawn-out, horrendous uh, affliction that, that Israel is, is in the state of, uh, he makes this one really, really neat, fantastic uh, comment. In verse 8, In God we boast, present tense, all the day long, and praise thy name forever. Amen. Selah. That's right. And so as he's looked into the past, remember his father's taught him, he looks into the future with confidence that the Lord has delivered them, uh, even though they're not delivered yet. He believes it, and you know the world, if they looked at something like that, they would say, that is absolutely twisted. I mean, they'd be like... Uh, Job's wife, when she was in a weak moment, she said, curse God and die. I mean, if God were really that powerful, if he was going to deliver you, why are you in such a, a sorry state? But well, we can't be like that. And you know what? That's what's right. what's amazing being in this church is I've heard a lot of twisted guys get up here. I mean, <laughs> I've heard Zach. I've heard Joel. Uh, you know, Joel got up here. I lost a job. And then he and, and he may not even know this, but because of the teaching he's had in this church, he mentioned in the past, the Lord gave me a job before, he taught me this thing, and then he boasted in the God, in the God that was going to deliver him and give him a job in the future. Amen. And I hope you haven't forgotten that, and I hope we're still praying for you, because I know you're still looking for something, but, but the Lord can do that. So let's read uh, Psalm 44. <clears throat> Quickly, even though I'm supposed to do it slow. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work Thou didst in their days, in the times of old, how Thou didst drive out the heathen with Thy hand and plantest them; how Thou didst afflict the people and cast them out, for they got not the possession. For they got not. For they got not. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them, but Thy right hand and thy arm in the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. Amen. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverance for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not put my, tru- my tr- put trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But Thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise Thy name forever. Selah. But Thou hast cast off and put us to shame and goeth not forth with our armies. Thou makest us to turn back from the enemy and they which hate us spoil for themselves. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat And has scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught, and dost not increase thy wealth by their price. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. Thou makest us a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face hath covered me for the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger. All this has come upon us, yet have we not forgotten thee, neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way, though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of death. If we have forgotten the name of our God, or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Yea, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore hidest thou thy face, and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Amen. A couple applications and concluding points from this. You know, David, the the writers of the psalm, said that thy word is, or thy commandment is exceeding broad. And there's just, you know, if David himself were to present this psalm, he wouldn't be able to exhaust everything that's in it for our benefit. Uh, but just a couple of, of points that, that, that came out. The psalmist begins by saying, our fathers have told us, uh, there's no disrespect in saying, you know, the word of God and Bible stories are good, but if we as parents and as members, if we don't make that Bible story alive, if we don't you know if, if we just talk about you know, David killed Goliath. Or God plucked out somebody and, and put Israel in their place. If, if that's the only story we tell, it doesn't make it alive to our children or even to us as, as well as if we have actual stories. I mean, when, when uh, Matthew Crosby got up, I just thought of this as I was reading this about being plucked out. You know, he was being oppressed by workers at BMW. He trusted in the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. And we got the joy of hearing that with his own two eyes, he saw a bunch of guys marched out, and he was in the land prospering. I mean, that yeah, it's amazing. And just that point of telling stories, making it real to our children, you know, this is what happens in my life. You know, the Lord did it in the Bible times, but he's also doing it in our times. And the more we do it, that's uh, just it's why I love Zach and, and Jerry for their open Uh, openness and sharing so many things with us. And there's another thing just on the point of where our focus is. Uh, Going back to what we've been recently taught, Jonathan taught three words, glory, offense, and save. If we are focused on our problems, we're basically more worried about our sorry situation and, you know, woe is me, As opposed to being worried about, you know, Lord, I'm claiming your name. I'm saying you're great. And yet you're putting me through these miserable things. And rather than thinking about our miserable state, we should be thinking about, Lord, what are people thinking about you? And there's men in the Bible that reason that way. We should be more concerned about God's glory and God getting us out of our situation so we can stand up and say, look, the Lord really did. And so... You know, in this situation, it's not man that's really offended. It's God that's offended because, you know, men are saying bad things about him. We should stand up for God's glory, not moan about our own situation. And if we do that, other saints will be saved and delivered by saying, wow, maybe I need to reconsider that. God does save us from our problems. It's a great psalm.